You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Alan Aguirre. I'm the host of The Chameleon Church Show, and you are watching The Chameleon Church Show every Tuesday morning, 8.45 a.m. Central. Be sure to like, subscribe, hit that bell, leave a comment, all that social media stuff you've been programmed to do with or without your mask. And, uh, oh, can I even say that? Oh, we'll find out. Um, what else? Uh, we are on the Travelog Network. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, thanks to the uh, the kids over at the Travelog for uh, giving us a, a, a home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway, it's it's May. What is it? It's May eighteenth. We are halfway through May, and we're almost halfway through the year already. Uh, it's it's gone. It's gone pretty fast. And not only has it gone pretty fast, boy, what a week did I? What a week I had. I had quite quite the week. That's right. Notice some things don't change. I still have my little Rude Awakening International mug that I love. Let's get this off. Let's get all this off the table as soon as we can and bury it where it belongs uh, in the nether regions. You know, remember when you take the scapegoat and you let it go and it goes to uh, outside the camp? Yeah, to... uh, uh, what was the name of that demon they sent that sheep to? Azazel. Yeah, Azazel. Let's just get this off the table once and for all. Let's just let's just let's just t- deal with it immediately. Send it to where it belongs and uh, and leave it there, and let's just move on with our lives. So, Mark, if you're watching, how are you, Daryl? If you're watching, cheers. Um, because you know these guys are gonna. Anyway, I can go about this. I don't know how many ways I can go about this. They just couldn't let me leave. That's the thing I think that bothers me the most. I was, I think I was respectful and responsible in leaving um, Lamb Network, and they just couldn't let me leave without doing what they did um, and without saying what they said. Lenny got a, a polite little phone call from Daryl. I got a scathing email basically assassinating my character. And, uh, you know, I kept saying, I kept, I, I always tell people, man, you're lucky. You get to deal with the 2021 version of me. You didn't have to deal with the 20, with the 2005 version of me. You didn't have to deal with the 2000 version of me. You sure the heck didn't have to deal with the 1990 version of me. You know, um, you've got it pretty easy. You got it pretty good. I have, you know, I had a friend over the weekend that came to see us, that, that came through town the text message he left me when he left for the airport. He was like, man, the Lord is doing mighty things in your life, and, and I can see it. And that's, that's the key right there. Those that actually physically know me, some of them don't like me either and want nothing to do with me. But then I look at their lives, and I look at the fruit of their lives. I would be concerned if the people that are walking mightily before the Lord wanted nothing to do with me. That's when I start getting worried. We'll get to the other thing there, I mean, because Lenny's known me since 1986, 87, something like that, you know? And and if you believe it's been smooth running and cool runnings between the two of us, you're an idiot. That's, that's not even true. <laughs> you know? but, 
but it's not anyway, it's bigger than that. So here's, here's how I want to do it. Here's let's do this. The last show we did with Daryl was two weeks ago and he was complaining of a headache and he wasn't looking good and he probably shouldn't, shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have been on the show. He probably should have been in bed. I want to pray for Daryl. I want to pray for his healing. I'm going to pray for Daryl. Uh, cause that's just, no one needs to get sick like that. And, and then after I'm done praying there, Lenny, will you pray for our endeavors going forward here with Travelog? Yes. Awesome. So we're going to pray for, for, for Daryl. Well, Father, I ask that you would have mercy on him. I ask for your mercy on Daryl and his family, that no one else in his family would get sick. And Father, I pray right now in the power of Jesus of Nazareth, that Holy Spirit, that you would remove anything, whatever it is that's happening with his respiratory system. That you would, that, Daryl, that you would be released. Yes, Lord. Even now, from this respiratory illness that you said you're having. Father, I ask that you would quicken his body. He looks he, he looks frail and pale. Father, I ask that you would bring strength to his body and that you would bring um, color back to his cheeks, Father. Strength to his body, color back to his cheeks. Re- remove whatever it is that's causing his, his, his res- respiratory illness, Father. Father, we pray Thank you, Lord. blessing and protection and healing. Yes. Your powerful supernatural healing in the name of Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit over Daryl's body and protection over his family. And Father, I pray protection and blessing over his his finances. I pray protection and blessing over the over his marriage as he goes forward, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we want to thank you for the Travelogue Network first. We pray that those um, that are behind this that and their love for the kingdom, Lord, that, Lord, it would just bear all amounts of fruit. Lord, I want to thank you for the Chameleon Church. I want to thank you for Alan's narrative that you put in his heart, Lord, to share those things that people need to hear to prepare them for where we need to go. Not only that, Lord, to... Cause us to fall in love with you more, Lord, to look at truth and to allow truth to be part of our life. And Lord, I pray for all those that are watching, those that are listening every week, Lord, that they just prosper yes, in Lord. you, Jesus, that they would just be able to take what they're processing, what they're hearing, Lord, and they would be able to pass it on, Lord, to not only make disciples, Lord, but to to be prophetic, Lord, to be able to tell people uh, what, how incredibly you are and your, your, your love for us and the fact of the matter that you're coming back for us. Yes. So I, I, I pray, Lord, for the prophetic anointing on this show, Lord. Yes, Father. That, it, Lord, you would let it go to the nations. Lord, that you let it go to the cities. And, Lord, it would affect us personally so that, we bear fruit unto you and bring yes. glory to the Father. Thank you so much, Jesus. Yeah, and, and again, just a reminder if you didn't know, <laughs> the only reason why we do we do this is so, is so that all the world will know that there's an Elohim in Israel. That's the only reason why we do this, so that people would know who God is, who their God is, the God that they, they, they claim to be 
in covenant relationship with and how to walk this thing out, you know, how to walk, how to walk kingdom, how to walk in obedience to the commandments, whether it, even if it doesn't feel good, even when it, when it's, because, you know, you've, you've heard us say how many times on here, if you, there, what's coming, man, what's coming is intense, man. You know, if we can't handle, if we can't handle each other virtually, let alone in physical real life, how do we presume, why do we presume to believe that we're going to be able to handle what's coming from the supernatural? If we're going to have, if we're going to be petty about our, among each other, do you see what I'm saying? Uh, you've heard me say this uh, for, uh, for, for years. Well, I, I actually believe what it is that I'm talking about because I believe what it says. I'm only repeating what the narrative says. I'm not making this up. I'm not that smart. Um, yeah, I mean, if we can't, what, remember what he says? Wh why are you, wh who was it? Was it Paul that says, why are you taking yourselves to court? Why are you suing each other? Don't you know you're going to judge angels? When was the last time we talked about judging angels? I've never, I don't think we've ever brought that up, but never. We're supposed to, we're going to be judging angels. So how can, it's like Jesus told Nicodemus, how do you not understand these things? I'm talking about these practical, physical, tangible things, and you're not understanding those things. How do you, why do you think you're going to be able to understand these deeper spiritual things that he wants us to know about? That he wants us, that we have to know about so that we can walk in that understanding, that level. So that's where the game is played up here. And we're like floundering over here going, oh, mommy, he hit me, mom. Right? Yeah. Oh, quit it. Oh, quit it. He hit me, mom. If we're going to be doing that when, we, when he wants us up here. So that's why we do this. That's why we do the books. That's why we do this show. That's why we do all the stuff that we do is so that we can help you in that regard. Um because apparently it's not, apparently it's difficult for some people to do. <laughs> so, so yeah. And uh, what were you going to say? No, just the word covenant when he brought that up, especially in the light of this coming up weekend. I mean, it's everything. Even in our worst condition, he yeah. doesn't break his covenant with us, you know. And uh, what a lesson for us with each other. Yeah, because we have to learn how to walk in that same covenant with each other. Oh, my gosh. You know, what, what's to say? Confess your, your sins one to another. Hold each other up. Yeah. Let, let, there, let there not be any infighting or gossip or murmuring or backbite. Don't do that with each other. You're so supposed to be. might not be any sickness among you. It does say that. It does say that. You know, it's interesting because what you've always laid down is you're not just picking up a newspaper and reading headlines and going off that. We're reading the Bible and telling everybody what the scripture says, what's happening in the world. Two right. different things. Yeah, because if, again, if we can't figure out today, you will lose tomorrow. That's right. We have to win today. We have to be victorious. We have to be winning, hashtag winning today in order for us to be able to survive tomorrow. That's where that whole word from uh, 2019 is. Enough adulting. You have to start, you got to take care of your business, man, and start and stop acting like little children and grow up. And if you can't do that, 
you're not going to survive what's coming. You're not going to get through it because it's not, it's going to record the gloves are off and it's done. We're done playing games. I mean, those, those are the words I'm hearing from, I, I'm about to go speak at a conference this weekend. And there's a couple of people there. I don't, I've never even met them. I was just uh, introduced to them. I wasn't even introduced to them yet. I was told about them by the guy that runs the, the conference and how you're going to like them. They're saying stuff like, you know, uh, it's, it's, we're done playing games. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm hearing. It's serious. It's serious stuff. And if you, and if you're functioning at the level of triviality that humans are functioning at, there's no way God can give you stewardship up here, whether it's finances, whether it's spiritual authority. I mean, I didn't write this stuff up. If you can't turn the light off when you leave the room, I'm, I don't think God's going to give you authority over, see what I'm saying? It's the little stuff for the big stuff, you know? It's always been the little stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah in the cave, it was the little stuff. Yeah. And it's just, this is just, the, this is kingdom. It's called discipleship. It's like a, a lot of us don't want to believe that these trivial little things, my attitude in the morning, uh, whatever it is, how we treat each other. You know, if we're not if we're not following the basic rules of engagement between each other, I guarantee you we're going to break the rules of engagement between uh, ourselves and God. Because he he's not he's not concerned about this. He's concerned about this. It's 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 the it's the uh, everyday. What's it called? The, The habitual sin in our lives, the daily habitual sins in our lives that are that's going to kill us. That's what's going to get us, keep us off track. That's what's going to keep us from going forward. That's what's going to get in the way of us advancing habitual sin. And um, that reminds me of a ministries walking show in uh, in Hollywood. We did remember uh, what's his name the at the what the what was the name of that. Clint, Clayton, Clayton Gallagher, yeah, Clayton. What, 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 what the dream? He's still going faithfully, man. The Dream Center in L.A. Okay, right. um, I met Clayton in the streets of Hollywood in 1983. He was carrying the cross back then. He was with YWAM or something like that, and we hit it off and all that. But we couldn't let him like. We had to meet secretly, like in alleys, because I, I didn't want. The, the street punks in Hollywood to know that I was associated with him because it would blow my cover, you know, and he understood, which I thought was cool because no, most of the Christians back then didn't have a clue. They were giving undercover tapes to punk rock kids. That's how yeah. close they were. And so we started, so then, then he moved on and then he started working with the dream center in LA. So back in 09, we started playing the dream center with ministries walking. We had already been playing the dream center, like, Back in 04, 03, you know, drama does, head noise, you know, people, various things like that. So anyway, so now it was our turn because I had a band again. And uh, we were playing with Dream Center. And, um, oh, man, was I going to? Oh, and so we're, we pull up to L.A. Oh, no, you know what? This is a previous one. Okay, so it was 2003. I'm with the Extreme Tour, and we're going to play the Dream Center. And we show, we pull in. We're on the Extreme Tour with Spyglass Blue. We, we pull up to L.A. We're completely broke. We're playing at the Dream Center, and we're about to go on. And um, 
there was a, a, a whole bunch of like students there at, at this particular time. So they're Bible students. They don't have any money. And, and I'm like, I really, I really need these people to like me because I really need their money because I'm broke. We got, you know, we got to, we got to, because we weren't getting paid. And you don't, you don't get paid on the extreme tour. We really need these people to, to buy, to like us and buy our CDs. And so we play a couple songs and I'm like, Hey, uh, how's, you know, how's everybody doing? You know, rock and roll. Everyone's like, yeah, you know, it was, a, it was a good show. And I'm like, yeah. How many of you believe that Jesus is Lord? You know? Yeah. You know, just that doing that whole stupid Christian nonsense, rock and roll stuff. Right. And then I went and, and, and you can do all things in Christ. Right. And they're all like, yeah, it's a frenzy. And I'm like, then I go, then who, then why do you keep falling in your habitual sin? Everyone's like, I go, you stupid Galatians. And inside I'm like, oh no, (laughs) you know, it's like, what are you doing? Shut up. And I just went for it. You stupid Galatians. Who has deceived you? Blah, 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 blah. Man, they lined up like there was no tomorrow. People want to hear the truth. You know, some people do. Yeah. Some people do. You know. <laughs> but why do we why how did we get to Clayton in the Dream Center and uh yelling out stupid Galatians? <laughs> got a, you know he got a ranch now? He, no. he has he likes he has eight acres in Latuna Canyon. You know how hard that is to get? Yeah. Well the he Lord has blessed him. Old buildings that he's renovating and he, he must have like he not only his family, but there's like 15 or 20 guys that just help him there on the ranch and constantly go out with him. He, all he does is distribute food, love people, and go to the worst of the worst. And he's so happy. He won't even talk church. Wow. The guy's incredible. Wow. Well, there's a reason has- why I brought up Clayton to give that testimony about you stupid Galatians. I don't know what we were talking about before then. It's the truth, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It's telling people what the scripture says they need to hear. Paul said it. Yeah, see, if you're gonna, if you're worried about numbers, if you're worried about money, if you're worried about that, and you try to appease the public or you try to appease the people, chances are you're probably missing out on what God is wanting you to do. You know, um, you know, if I wanted, if I was. <laughs> I'm not doing this because there's money in it. I'm, you know, I, I've explained why I'm doing this and it's just, it's just silly people. People are just silly. So, Hey, did you notice the uh, Torah portion for this week is, um, and the Torah, it's about the, the Nazarite vow. And then in the uh, prophets, it's about, it's, I think the birth of Samson, a Nazarite. And then in the new Testament, that's your favorite verse, Lenny. Luke 1. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, you think, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. This is another Nazarite from birth. So we've got the whole things about Nazarites for the most part. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. That's what it's about. And he will and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children 
and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just or the wise to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. That's uh, Len- That's been Lenny's verse since as long as I've known him. I love it. Share I a little bit about that it. Is, that yeah. is the prophetic, I believe, message right before the master comes back. It's on every prophetic lip that points to Jesus that I know of. And, um, you know, it's interesting. He gave me that in 1983. I was in Silver Summit. I was sitting on a curb of a house that wasn't built. Little did I know about 12 years later that would be my, my first house. Wow. Here in Park City. Right in Park City. And I was looking up at the canyons, you know, that right where um, they always have the avalanches, that flat part. And all the way to Park City, and he spoke that verse to me. He says, look at this. He goes, this is going to be in your life from now on. It's it's everything who you are, and he goes, it's going to define you. Little did I know what it meant. I used to think it meant this. I used to think it meant this. And I have to say, it wasn't until about four and a half years ago, wow. Linda comes to me and goes, "I, this is our verse. And she goes, it's not about church. It's it's about this. Now what have we come to find, especially in 2020, with all the crap that hit the, you know, just the fan. It's a, when the Sorry, for, hit, when, when the dude, when when the brownie hit the worldly is the way. The, the, yeah, there we go. That's a lot more. Um, when the brownie hit the worldly. <laughs> the reality is, is that um, God is raising up those prophetic voices. And he said, these are the ones that are going to have the anointing on them to unravel the mysteries at the end. But it isn't an interesting, the mysteries at the end always point people to the disobedience and bringing them to Torah. It always brings them to the family, the fathers and the children. And it always brings us to looking at him coming and being prepared as the bride yeah. every, every time. Because so many people don't realize that we're supposed to be preparing a people for his return. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So we got to go, we go forward in the spirit of Elijah and the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just or the wise, as some translations say, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Now, there's somebody out there, not. I don't think there's somebody out there, but there's literally somebody who's going to watch this and go, that's not for us. That's for John the Baptist. Yeah. Because you know how they are. I'm like, really? Here's the thing. What do you think we're supposed to be doing as ministers of the gospel? Aren't we supposed to turn people from their sin, from their disobedience to wisdom? That's what Proverbs, right? Proverbs. That's right. right. Wisdom cries out in the street. And, you know, you need to heed wisdom. Are we not supposed to prepare people for the return of the Lord? I mean, it not it doesn't just say it here in Luke one. It says it says it in other places. Now, is it would it, is it would it be a bad thing for a Muppet boy that thinks this isn't for him, but only for John the Baptist? Would it be a bad thing for a Muppet boy to have the power and spirit of Elijah? He wouldn't be a Muppet if he did. You know, think about what Jesus said. He goes, "If you can receive it." Elijah was in John. John was there. That's basically what he's saying. He goes, and if you can receive it, he's coming again. 
So right. that spirit, it's not, it's more than just the spirit and power of Elijah. He said it's going to happen again. But I think it's on the platform and the backbone of the prophetic that's coming right now that's preparing a way for that. <laughs> yeah. Hold on tight. And then here's the thing to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. That's Deuteronomy mm-hmm. six. And everybody yeah, knows I'm, all, I'm about Deuteronomy six. That's it. That's you know? the foundation. So, yeah, it's, why he, it, that's why he mentioned it first. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it is, it, it is applicable to us, not just John the Baptist. And I think it would uh, be a good idea if we figured that out and, uh, and didn't did it as such. You know what I mean? That's right. And that was a Nazarite that uh, set it all in motion. And he was a Levite, too. Both his mom and dad were uh, both Levites. Yep. And it says that his parents were perfect in the Torah. When, and when it, comes, when it comes to the list of people that were perfect in the Torah, uh, John the Baptist's mom and dad show up on that list. Interesting stuff. So since we're on the, on the subject matter, what else? What 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 other pearls of wisdom could you give us regarding? Because I mean, you've studied this since 1983. Well, you know, it's I'll tell you, it's more simple than it is hard. Because remember, the Lord intended that Scripture could be read by children and know His power. I, I'm going to refer back to also what you were saying about how people are so uninformed about the watchers and all that kind of stuff. In Isaiah, there was a rebuke. I was trying to find it. The Lord had to the princes over the nations saying to them, why aren't you teaching them and telling them to care for the poor and to feed one another and to care for one another? Here is Yahweh, the Lord of glory, telling these princes over the nations the simple things. You know, when Jesus came along, look at a Sermon on the Mount. It was the simple things, but they're so profound because they're all wrapped up in covenant. So when you think of the covenant, covenant stands on Deuteronomy 6. Covenant, we're going to be celebrating the covenant being given to his bride this weekend. That's what it's all about, that betrothal. And remember, when you think about the betrothal and all that happened, all those idiots, they were out there uh, uh, committing adultery and having a big orgy, and he still loved them and said, I will give this to you. Yeah, he, he thumped a lot of them, but the reality was is that his covenant was unbreakable. And, he, and it's like this. Someone says, um, you look at how the church, how the Christians look at the law. It's a burden. Is yeah. that what is that what our marriage vows are? Are they a burden? If they are, then you're really screwed up bad. And um, when I look at Luke one seventeen, I look at that as like when Jesus said, "All the law and the prophets stand on these two commandments." When I look at Luke one seventeen, why did Jesus say? If you can receive it, he's the greatest one that came along because what was encapsulated in that verse, that call, I want to say that call, not just the verse, the call in a person's life that believes it and does it is the essence of what needs to happen, what his church should be. I, I, I can't even start to fathom what other words it would I would have to say, but I think that is the foundation. If it isn't, we're messed up. 
Uh, There's a lot of meat in in the in the call of John the Baptist. I've always figured. I've always said. There's like I, I actually mentioned it. I think in the Facebook, are what how we disciple people. We've got it. You've got to have extreme, uh, extreme obedience, an extreme relationship with the Holy Spirit, extreme obedience through that relationship. Then there's stewardship, extreme stewardship. Then friend of the bridegroom, which is John the Baptist, and then the bridegroom paradigm, the the bride, the bridal paradigm. Um, and the the friend of the bridegroom is like man it's it's no, it's not just about what you say you are it's not about what you say you believe it's not about lip service man your life has to actually emulate these truths it's not philosophy <laughs> it's not a morality play you know and no matter what comes your way you know um, you have to actually apply these things and then you have to act accordingly your behavior has to act accordingly i was just accused of of of, uh wronging uh some people last week and and if that's true they didn't follow the rules of engagement regarding it in fact they broke a bunch of the rules of engagement so i'm thinking you know i'm not the problem here you know, it, it doesn't matter what happens. You know, most people talk right now. I'm talking about um, walking away from Jesus on the two, two minute warning. And one of the things people do when they leave faith, when they leave Jesus, is they talk smack about those that stay, you know, and they blame others for their walking away, you know, which I think is really weak. You know, if you're going to if you don't want to serve Jesus, that my favorite thing about Christianity is that you don't have to do it. And I've been saying that forever. That's my favorite thing about Christianity. You don't have to do this. Right? So if you're going to choose not to do this any longer, if for some reason you decide it's all, you know, whatever, own it. Own the fact that you've made that decision and leave the rest of us alone. But there's now people are making revenue streams. There's 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 revenue out there for people like that now. Because when they leave the faith, they're being championed by by the the other ones that have or have left traditional evangelicalism or have left traditional whatever you know i don't believe the i only believe this part of the bible yay i don't believe what the bible says about this yay whatever you know that's your first that's your first clue that you're you're screwing that you're going to screw yourself when you start determining what chunks of the bible are man-made and not inspired actually god you know, especially the scriptures. That's your first clue. It's only going to end one way unless you repent quickly. So, I mean, if you're going to walk away, right, own it. In the same way, if you're not going to do this stuff, what's the point? This is all, you, you have to do it. You know, you have to do it. And it's, it, and it is bringing the disobedient because that's what that's disobedience. So this, so there's a lot of meat here regarding the the call of John the Baptist is, I think, a big piece for us because again it aligns us with the bridegroom as friend of the bridegroom, right? You agree? I you know Alan, think about when Mary met Martha. 
He leapt in the womb, and it says, from the womb he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Kind of gives us a clue, because most Christians are clueless what the Holy Spirit's about. Right. I, I, I don't know how many times I've asked, I go, uh, what do you know about the Holy Spirit? What do you think it is? You get everything from, you know, they're bouncing around all the outside periphery stuff. Right. Jesus says he's he gave him to convince the world of righteousness, sin, and judgment. Yeah. The only way to unpack that is to go back to Genesis and read the whole Bible. Yeah. Because if that's true and it's the whole message of Torah, then he gives on top of that the kind of gifts to know his depths, just like tongues. I'm sorry, I have to bring it up. <laughs> How are you going to know the praises of God? They go, oh, I'm praising God. It's it's not a worship in a church. The praises of God fill you with the equipment to do war. Yeah. The, you know, the, you know, I, you know I, I don't want to go on any farther on that because you go deeper and deeper and deeper. But right. what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Right. But it's okay to go deeper and deeper and deeper. We've got like 35 minutes to go. We, we've given people a lot of information in a really short period of time. I thought it was actually later than that. But the reason why we were chuckling is because I was accused last week of a, of a, my my telling my encouraging people to speak in tongues is a tired old mantra and i'm sick of it uh i don't want to be on that side of the i don't want to be on that yeah. you don't want to be on that side of this yeah um speaking in tongues is important uh it's very important i don't know anybody that can cast out demons heal the sick uh, i don't know anybody that that functions in the prophetic or any of those things that don't speak in tongues. I've never met anybody that does that. So, you talk um, about unlocking the word of God. Well, you know what? You were talking about those people that profit off of uh, walking away from Jesus. Oh, you know, man, Paul called them. Paul called them spots in your feast of charity. Yeah, and it's sad. That's dangerous. It's yeah. Really what did Jude say? These are hidden reefs at your love feast as they feast with you without fear. Shepherds feeding themselves. Waterless clouds. I like the uh, complete Jewish Bible, the way they uh, rings poetic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you know, you, you want to align your – you want to be doing these things. You know, you want to bring the disobedient to the wise. You want to be pre- preparing a people for the return of Messiah. I mean, that was why he told them to go. Go, saying this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and back it up by doing this. All right, Dina has got a question here for you, Lenny. Can you expound further, Lenny, on the why behind speaking in tongues? Well, let's do it. The why is, you know, when you just read what Paul says, he goes, it's you're speaking unto God mysteries. And as I understand it, if you look at mysteries all the way through the scripture, you have to have the Holy Spirit, and he's given us tools to unlock the truth of those mysteries. I mean, most people just leave it at that, then they go on speaking in tongues. It's way deeper than that. If you are in communication with God through tongues, and you spend your time there sometime. He's going to fill you with the ability that when you go in the word, you're going to be able to unlock those mysteries. Why does it say that he's the spirit of truth? Why does it say that he glorifies Jesus and he's going to show Jesus? Jesus says um, in the beginning, he says in the volume of the book, it's written of me. 
you know, this is where people, they don't take back what they're hearing and learning, what was put in, in small amounts in the New Testament. And yet these guys knew Torah. And all they were able to do is give tidbits. It opens it up in Torah. I mean, if, again, the whole Nazarite thing, if John the Baptist was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit from birth and him being a Nazarite, you think about what he was going to reveal, Jesus. Go back to, we're, we're going to celebrate uh, Shavuot this uh, weekend. Yeah. The Holy Spirit was given along with the Torah. Remember, there were tongues of fire. Yeah. And he says, you're going to be my kingdom of priests. And ultimately, you know what they said? We don't want it. <laughs> they had to wait 3,000 more years. So when you look at the gift of tongues, it's not just some modern day aberration in a charismatic church. Uh, he gave us the ability to speak those mysteries unto him. Um, they didn't have that. They didn't have that back then. That's part of the stuff that was given that he says, hey, look at Remember when Peter said, this is that about Joel? We need to be equipped with that if we're going to be ready for his coming and to know what we need to know before he comes. That's a little bit of what I can tell you. Yeah. The, um, I, hope that made under, I hope that made sense to you, Dina. That's why. The, um, the, 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 what is it? Three, four, five times that it mentions speaking in tongues, the New Testament, only one is actually talking about no, uh, speaking in other known languages. The rest of the time, it's about the spiritual aspect of it, the spiritual language. I've never heard someone explain these deeper things. And get this, just as you started explaining, Lenny, my internet connection began dropping. Someone doesn't want me to hear these things. <laughs> well, this is going to be archived. This is going to be archived on the uh, Chameleon Church Facebook page, the Travelog Facebook page, and YouTube, the Travelog YouTube. No fear of anybody going in and deleting anything either. So you're, 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 you can go back and Look at the archive and and uh, be sure to like and be definitely be sure to subscribe and be sure to leave comment and let us know how we're doing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So Kevin says the secret. Let's see. I'll just pop these up here. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do the words of this law. Tim says, here's, where's Tim? Tim says, so fire touched the mountain when the Torah was written on stone and fire touched the believers when Torah was written on hearts. Boom. That's right. Two great observations. Yeah, well, you know, Tim, Tim uh, was, so on Monday night we do a discipleship training program called the Exodus to Ingathering uh, devotional series that we do on Monday nights. And everyone in that group was asked, what did you want? What do you want out of this? You know, and the two the two gifts people wanted the most were tongues and prophecy, and um, so I've I've had the pleasure of not only helping these people uh, figure that stuff out and transfer those anointings onto them because I anyway um, prophecy was one of the things Tim wanted, and um, we're watching that prophetic machine you know that, that those pieces in in uh in his gift cluster come out um and this would be an uh, an example of that right there so 
<laughs> Yay, lots of places to review. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Dina. And we can go on forever on the things of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I mean, it's important. I mean, because you know what? Without the things of the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to survive tomorrow. No. Because of what's coming. Because you got to remember, everything that's coming is spiritual. You know, the false prophet, that's spiritual. The beast system, that's spiritual. The Antichrist, that's spiritual. The stuff that comes out of their mouths to plague men, that's spiritual. The, the Antichrist shows up with his mighty ones in the sky. Oh, yeah, that's spiritual. Jesus said God is a spirit and he, and he demands that we worship him in spirit and truth. And then we can sit here and read through Corinthians 12 and 14 and how it breaks down the things that we're supposed to be doing, you know, spiritual songs. You know, you can't prophesy without in the spirit, you know. And then, of course, you've got those that believe, well, that's not for today. Okay. All right. You know what? If you don't believe Charismatica is for today, what are you going to do? When all this spiritual stuff, when the sky opens up and all these spiritual things come down at you to kill you. Ephesians 6. If you don't believe spiritual gifts and charismatic is for today, is, is for today you will lose in Ephesians, in, in, what's in, in the Ephesians 6 scenario. You know, some of the early accounts of the believers that were in the Roman death camps, when they were fed to the lions, they said they would be speaking in tongues and the glory of heaven would open up and would just take their spirit as they were being eaten alive. Wow. And they, they wouldn't break ranks because they were filled with the praise of God. Come on. You, you think about that. Well, hey, well, I don't want to die. Well, some of you are going to be martyred. I hate to say it. And some aren't. And, and God, and the reality is, is that we need that spirit of create. Remember, he's the one that hovered over the earth. The whole thing with the spirit of creation. He, yeah. yeah, Jesus was behind it. And so was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He brooded the whole substance of creation and the authority that he's given us. Yeah. It's just, it's been untapped. We've really did a disservice on teaching about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I know that because I did it for 39 years and I know I, I'm screwed up. I got it. I, I think it's absolutely <clears throat> reckless to believe and teach that charismatica is not for today. And you know why, you know, they do that is because one, they tried doing it, it didn't work, or they tried doing it in the flesh and it didn't work. And so they just came to this conclusion that, oh, it's not for today. Because if it was for today, God would give it to me because I'm a faithful servant and blah, 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 blah. I've heard this today. You know, that's how it developed over the years. But I've, I've heard it. I know a guy. I know a guy right now that's alive today who at the age of 15 or whatever, he publicly, he publicly shared this information. He was at Cornerstone Festival hanging out with some charismatics and wanted to speak tongues and went after it and asked the Lord and begged the Lord and he wouldn't give him speaking in tongues or healing. And he got really frustrated. And so he went to somebody, he went to a speaker that was Japusa endorsed. I would never do that. And uh, asked him his advice and the guy told him, it's probably not God 
the way you're going about it. And it's probably not God that you want it this bad or something to that effect. Basically, he basically told the kid that um, it wasn't probably wasn't God the way he was going about it. So don't go after it. So the, so he didn't. Right. He's my age, if not maybe uh, he's in his 50s now and that and he's gone and he's lived. 35, 40 years of his life since that day, since that horrible, godless advice, never once pursued speaking in tongues, never once pursued the spiritual gifts, never once again pursued that stuff, and he never has walked in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't believe in prophecy. He doesn't believe in prophets today. And he's... uh, A Christian left. He's he's part of the Christian left. I mean, it's like this guy was given a bad he was given bad advice and ran with it. You know, and it goes against this. And here's why I say it's bad advice because it says clearly in the New Testament for you to draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. For you to pursue, for you to go after. You know, if you you can't hold up Paul as high as you do as Christians, and then say, uh, and then and then ignore him, his pleading with you regarding speaking in tongues and prophesying. Yet they do, right? Because if if I try to do something, and, and, and I guarantee you it's done in the flesh, because the spirit doesn't function like that. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't smell like that. It doesn't work like that. But if I'm if I'm if I try to accomplish something in the Father, in the flesh, I'm going to get frustrated. And in that frustration, I'm going to guess what the enemy is going to do with that frustration. He's going to start germinating seeds of doubt and unbelief. It's textbook people, but they they don't know, you know? And so if I can't, if I can't speak in tongues, I'm going to question those that do. I'm going to question the gift. I'm going to question because see, because see, if I think this, that highly of myself in my standing with God, I'm going to suggest that, well, it can't be God, because if it was God, I'd be able to do it, (laughs) right? That's ridiculous. But for example, I know my Bible tells me to raise the dead. I've never raised the dead. I got really close to raising the dead when I was 18, but since then, I've never, you know, we've prayed a couple times, but I've never raised, I don't have a documented raising of the dead in my 40 years of doing this. That doesn't mean I'm going to start questioning and doubting me or questioning and doubting God or questioning and doubting whether or not raising the dead is for today. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not going to do what these people do. That's right. That's insane. That's insanity. I've never uh, uh, I think I might have seen angels, but it's not like it's not like I've seen the heaven like Elijah right with the angels on the chariots of fire. I've never seen that. That doesn't mean I'm gonna start questioning myself or questioning God or questioning the New Testament teaching about that stuff. You know what Paul said he said this stupid it's paraphrase he says it's not appointed to what you don't have, but what do you have and get get on with it? Yeah, get busy, bear fruit with what you yeah. do have. I've heard Sean Boltz call out people's – I'm going to say – and I've actually heard people come – people have actually come to me and said, well, how do you know he doesn't have a secretary looking online? How, how do you know he didn't have the list of people that were going to be at that 
meeting. And then they went online and found their, their screen names. And then they get, you know, so he had that information prior. I'm like, wow, you're a special kind of stupid, aren't you? All right. So I've heard Sean Bolts call out people's screen names. And then I was actually in C- outside of Seattle when he called out this woman. What what is Yellow Jacket five 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 or whatever the word whatever it was? And someone's like, "That's my screen name." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's intense! That's intense!" And then he's prophesying to her, and then he goes, "And you're you're here with a woman, and her name is Penelope." And I'm like, "Penelope just doesn't come out of roll off your tongue." It was like her mom or something like that. But there are people out there that literally will discredit that. Will literally will automatically first and f- the first thing they'll do is that's not true. Okay, there's nowhere we can go in that conversation. You've already determined that none of this is true. Good luck with that. See you later. Bye. I'm not even going to have that conversation with them. There's no conversation to be had, right? And they're like, I don't believe that. How do, how do you know he didn't have this, the list of, of attendees? You know, and, and then all you have to do is troll somebody online to get this information. I'm like, wow, you really think that's what's going on? Okay. If you want to believe that, Go for it. But see, if you're see if you're going to do that, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you look deeper in that person's life that, that that says that, that believes that, there's a whole lot of other things that they're supposed to be doing that they're not doing. And they're probably not bearing a lot of good fruit. I guarantee you. How do I know this? Because I have done this for 40 years. Again, I it doesn't make sense to me. Why would I turn on myself, turn on God, and turn on the biblical scriptural text regarding these things just because I can't do it. You see what I'm saying? I have to think, uh, I, I think you would have to think kind of highly of yourself, right? Well, I'm like this super, super guy for God. And so if this was true, I'd be doing all this stuff, but I'm not. So it can't be true. I mean, that's that's the only those are the only dots I can see. Can you help me with that? Why do you think these people would – how do you get to that point in determining that speaking in tongues, healing the sick, casting out demons and raising the dead, charismatica, prophecy, prophets, the prophetic, isn't for today? How do you get to that if it's not about you because you can't? Well, you know what? It's it's the um, – humanity that the church tried to teach that this was for them rather than glorifying God because he's the one all throughout the scriptures that said it was about him and what we've taught was oh you're the church no we're supposed to be his church and so they they've actually tried to make us little gods without being called us the sons of God but we're not acting like it we're acting like in our humans so that we can preserve everything around us that we're teaching to satisfy their hurts, their wants, and their needs. And we've given them wrong information concerning what the scripture is all about. And if it was about Jesus, then they would pick up their cross and follow him. You know what that means? That means to believe in everything he said. And he goes, and that's what faith is. everything has been turned on its head. Everything has been turned on its head. And you want to know something in the next few years? uh, I just want to say this. When we start to see uh, the first four seals 
opened up, whether you believe it or not, and you just see man dealing with man, people are going to be falling away by the droves because they're going to say, how could God allow this to happen? What happens when he brings his judgments? They're not going to be able to. And remember, he's doing that because he's he loves Jerusalem. He's going after his bride. And it's not about us. And it's not about what we think church is. I, I don't want to demean that word, but that's basically what um, I think it's a cheap word, frankly. And yet, you know, his people, his uh, gathering place, we're supposed to be to be gathered around him, that he's in the midst of us. And we're supposed to demonstrate the kingdom. And they, they have a warped view of the kingdom. They have a warped view of what loving one another is. They have a warped view of what they think church should be. Yeah. Well, you know, it's here's the thing. I mean, it really does come down to it. They're approaching God. They're approaching faith with their human reasoning, with their totally. practical reasoning, right? In the flesh, with their... Alan, thus, why we need to speak in tongues, to unravel the mysteries of God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because if you, if you approach this, I mean, why do you... One of the earliest teachings of Jesus is with the Samaritan woman, and he flat out tells her, God is spirit. And he must be worshipped, and he's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and truth. So, how? So, what does that mean? I break it down in the this thing is spiritual book. Oh, look, a mercenary move. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Oh man, I'm so bad. You know, don't give me the, don't. You know what? Don't give me content then. If you don't want me to do that, don't give me the content. And I break it down and 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 worship God in spirit. Okay, well, how do you worship God in spirit? It's it's all it's it's all laid out, you know. Look at look at the Moses situation. Moses had had the Holy Spirit in him, and then what does God say? Oh, I took some of the spirit that's in you and I gave it to the the elders. Oh, I took some of the spirit that is in you and I gave it to Bezalel. You know what did Joshua do? Joshua would sneak into the tent of meeting at night and stay in there all night in the presence. Come on. Right? And then we get to the New Testament, and you're going to sit here and tell me that Jesus didn't speak in tongues? What do you think he was doing when he was leaving and going into the mountains by himself all night long? Preparing himself for the next day, you know, to go and do what he did. He wouldn't, Jesus wouldn't tell you in the, here's the thing, in the red letters, Jesus says, these are the signs that will follow my disciples. They will speak in tongues. They will heal the sick. They will heal unclean spirits. They will cast out demons and they will raise the dead. When you determine that the words of Jesus don't apply to you, you have just opened this massive door for the demonic to come in and with and seduce you like he did Eve. And you don't even know it. And it's horrifying. How did you how can you not connect those dots? Were you, were you gonna say something there, Lenny? I just it, you know, it's just provoking me right now because uh, I mean you know the the Christian the usual Christian mantra is 
Well, tongues is so that you can speak to people from other nations right. in their language. That's no, it isn't. That's I mean, that, it, it, right away, that's just that small part. Well, it's only to see people get saved. The Bible's not about just seeing people get saved. It's about yeah. the kingdom. Right. Well, look at Paul explains it in chapters 12 and 14. That's right. Here's what prophecy's for. Here's what speaking in tongues is for. I speak. I, I wished all of you would speak in tongues. Yeah. Well, he didn't say that for you to come to conclude that it's not for today. Right. You know, well, there's only 12 apostles. That's not true. Paul was in one of the original 12, and he was called an apostle. Barnabas was called an apostle. Yep. He wasn't one of the original. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, here, here's how I put it. Here's how I've been trying to explain it to the Torah community. I've been telling Christians the same thing for 30 years regarding charismatica. I'm now telling the Torah people the same exact thing for the last four years. It's because, see, you got to remember, they were nominal. They were nominal Christians to begin with in Christianity. Now, then they get Torah, and now they've just brought all that religious nonsense baggage into Torah. And that's why they become. That's why they become so legalistic about Torah, because Paul says the Torah is spiritual. Well, if, but if you don't, if you you know, if you're not on board with what we're talking about, charismatica, you will pursue the Torah in the flesh, and it becomes legalism. Paul says it's spiritual, but you've rejected the spirit. See, I know people that were charismatic. I personally know people that were charismatic that got into Torah, whether it's through a cult or whatever, uh, and then renounced speaking in tongues in charismatica. It's like, wow, again, you're a special kind of stupid. How do you not understand that Jesus and the original disciples, apostles, everything that you're reading in the New Testament were Torah-observant, tongue-speaking, prophesying believers? How do you not see that in the narrative? And if the narrative doesn't apply to me in 2021, then it's a lie. It's not true. That's right. But see, I know it's true. I've road tested this thing for 40 years. I've tried to break it every which way I can possibly imagine and, and try to break it in every way I can. It's not broken. Man is. And when you align yourself with the truth of the word of God, the scriptures, and when you align yourself with the teachings of the apostles of the New Testament, it works and you will get the results it speaks of. But it requires you to submit, obey, and then do. They won't submit. Some will obey, some will do, some won't submit, some won't, you know what I'm saying? It's not one or the, no, it's all three. You have to submit. Then you have to obey, and then you have to do it. And they won't. They just won't do it. I know. You know, it, it's, it breaks my heart. People think it's accusatory when I say, you can't even heal your own sick. You can't even, if your children are sick, you can't even heal your own sick. Yes, that's accusatory, but it's me speaking from a broken heart. I want you to be able to heal your sick. I want you to be able to heal your wife, your children. I want you to be able to heal the people that, you, that God sends your way in the street. I want you to be able to heal them. Jesus wants you to be able to heal them. Here's the model. I'm going to speak these highly prophetic and challenging. This is Jesus talking. I'm going to speak these highly prophetic and challenging 
words of truth and correction and alignment with God, my Father. Then I'm going to back the power and authority of those words with supernatural signs and wonders to prove, right? How do we know that? Look at what he told the, the, the Pharisees. Um, you're, you're blaspheming because only God can heal sin. You just told that paraplegic that his sins were forgiven. And Jesus said, do you want me to prove to you how I have the authority? He goes, who gave you the authority to, to forgive sins? And he goes, well, how about I just tell, how about I just heal this guy as the proof that I have the authority to heal, to, to forgive his sins? I mean, he just, I'm not only going to, not only do I have the authority to forgive his sins, I have the, let me show you the, how, how, why I have that authority. Cause I have the power to make him walk. I mean, he just spanked those guys hard, 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 hard. And then why did that, why did he do that? And why did that upset them? Because they couldn't do it. In The Chosen, Nicodemus is depicted as a Pharisee, a leader of the Pharisees that couldn't cast a demon out. Whether that's true or not, we don't know, but it's plausible. Here's the thing. The Pharisees couldn't cast out demons. The Pharisees couldn't tell a a, a blind man or a deaf man or a lame man to walk. He couldn't tell a blind man to see. They couldn't tell a deaf man to hear. And they couldn't tell a a paraplegic lame man to walk. They didn't have those, those, those gifts. They didn't have that spiritual authority. And Jesus basically told them, I do. Not only do I have the authority to forgive his sins, I have the authority to tell this man to stand up and walk. And they didn't. And that's why they killed him. And when he raised the dead and they couldn't keep that under wraps, that's, that, was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. So if you can't do these things, I understand the pressure you must be under to discredit it and to discredit those that do. But see, you're approaching it all wrong. You don't want to approach it like that. You don't want to approach it like the Pharisees. You want to approach it like Jesus told you to as his disciple. And that's to worship God with spirit and truth and to pursue these gifts. See, I believe speaking in tongues, healing the sick, casting out demons, raises and dead, what Jesus said pre-Pentecost, those are the gifts that, those are the bundled gifts that come with salvation because the disciples were doing those things before Pentecost. They were doing those things before Pentecost. They weren't thinking about doing those things. They weren't philosophizing whether they could or not do them because of what Jesus said. No, they were literally doing those things pre-Pentecost. And then after Pentecost, we've got, you know, we got prophecy, we've got dream interpretation, we've got transportation, we got, you know, right? Those are the greater gifts, Paul says. I want you need to pursue, go after those greater gifts. You should already see. I think as a believer, as someone that has confessed Jesus as Messiah, you should already be able, that gives you the authority and the ability to speak in tongues, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. I believe that. You know, it's interesting because he knew human nature. Remember, the bridegroom was in their midst and they were normatively operating in those gifts. And it should be normative for every believer. But he said, you know what? He goes, when I go, I'm going to give them to you. He goes, when I go, he's going to come because he knew that we weren't fully committed to covenant. Right. You know, like you said, Joshua stayed in that tent of meeting. You know why? Because he knew that that covenant meant that he was in love with his God. And it it comes down to a, a matter of being in love with him 
enough to believe what he says, you know? And it it also comes down to another thing that I talk about all the time that should make people sick of hearing it too. And that's you are going to invest in what you see and find value in. If an interactive relationship with the Holy Spirit that manifests itself with his giftings isn't of any value of you, you're not going to pursue it. You're not going to seek hard after it. You're not going to diligently go after you're not going to do any of those things so you know what do you value i have found i find value in everything this my bible's in my phone i find value in everything this says i could pull out a real bible it's right behind me do you see i find value in everything the word of god says and it would be absolutely crass for me to think or believe for any amount of time that None of that is applicable to me or within my reach or grasp what's applicable to me. All right. If it's about women, it doesn't apply to me. If it's about farmers, I'm not a farmer. It doesn't apply to me. Okay. So don't get, don't get goofy on me. I believe it all applies to me. And that's how I approached it when I got saved, when I was six, 15 years old, because if it doesn't apply to me, then this thing isn't real. It's not true. And I believe that it is true. And I have 40 years of fruit. Oh, big juicy fruit. That's another thing I was, people are sick of hearing about. Um, When you align your life with the, with, with the precepts of the, of the, of the word of God, you, your life should show and manifest that. And the Bible says the new Testament teaching is that it will manifest in good fruit. And that's how you judge a man. That's how you judge whether a man is speaking correctly, speaking truthfully, whether his heart is correct, whether he's really of God. How do you judge that man, Lenny? Well, it says to judge his fruit, doesn't it? Which is why I say what I say. I have big juicy fruit that I'll put on the table because I do. So don't judge me. Don't you know, judge my fruit. You know what I'm saying? Don't take my word for it. That's what I'm saying. Don't take my word for it. Judge, judge my fruit. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but I say all that to say, again, if you walk in alignment, if you literally submit and obey, which is all God's ever asked of us, it works. And the way you judge it, it says judge righteous judgment. <laughs> Basically, what, what is righteous judgment? It's believing on him who he sent. So if you're going to believe on him, you're going to do the same works he did. That's what he said. That's what he said. That's fruit. Yeah. I mean, would to God, I, I want more because <laughs> I don't have enough. I want more. I want to be like Joshua Sneaking in the tent of meeting and staying all night until I get filled up. Because eventually, you know what? Joshua was the one that led them into the promised land. Joshua was the one that had to deal with all their issues and uh, conquer all their enemies. Why? Because he believed in it from the beginning. He loved his God. And he invested in, you know what I'm saying? He sowed into it. That's right. You know, and, and we'll close with this. You know, it says that. When you come to Jesus, when you come to Messiah, when you come to salvation, you you know you have access to the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. So Peter, um, 
the same spirit that was in Peter is in you. And it got to the point where Peter was able to, his shadow was able to heal people. So then why is my shadow not able to heal others? Well, maybe it's not for me to have a shadow, a healing shadow, but that's not the point. My point is Peter so believed this. He bought into this enough, right? And he sold him, he was sold out to it. And he believed it and he was sold out and he sowed into it a lot more than we do. A lot more than many of us do. You know what I mean by that? Totally. Shabbat's coming this weekend. Yeah, you know, and uh, let the Holy Spirit fall. Yeah, that's that's one thing you can do. You can actually, do we say, you know, test God? Uh, or, you know, take him by, take him, you know what? Take him by, uh, for his word and, and go before him in right, in, with a right heart. That's right. You know? He said, try me. <laughs> yeah. If you want to speak in tongues, if you don't speak in tongues and you want to speak in tongues, man, the spirit is, the spirit is right there ready to, to, to indwell you. Prophecy, healing, casting out demons, interpretation of tongues. What, what is it? What is it? What is, right? And so how do you determine what, what gifts, you know, look at your life. Do you, you know, look at the different abilities you have in the physical realm. Lance Walnut calls that your gift cluster. Are you good with children? Are you good with your hands? Are you good with math? Are you good with whatever? Figure those things out, write them down and, and narrow it down to how do these apply to the spiritual gifts that are listed Jesus listed some, uh, Corinthians 12 and 14 list others, and then go from there. And you know that we're always available. We're always available. We're, uh, we're just, we're simply a text message away. You're listening to Chameleon Church, biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. The views and opinions expressed during our broadcasts are solely those of the broadcast producers, hosts, and or guests, etc., and are not necessarily the views or opinions of the Travelog Network, its sponsors, or affiliates.